Welcome to another edition of the Retail Stories podcast in which we talk to independent retailers about their businesses and try to uncover some tips and advice that everyone might find useful. These podcasts are brought to you by the Independence Day UK campaign in partnership with our friends at Capify UK, whose business loan and merchant cash advance solutions provide simple, quick and responsible access to alternative finance for UK businesses. If you want to find out how your business can get involved with this year's Independence Day campaign, which culminates on Thursday, July the 4th, please visit our website at independencedayuk.org or find us on social media at UK Indie Day. Now, we have a couple of great guests on this podcast. A bit later, we'll hear from Neil Coles at Coles Sewing Centre about how to build longevity into your retail business, and he should know they've been successfully trading for more than 20 years. But first, I think you'll find how Helen Sterling Baker has turned her business, Small Stuff, into something of a community hub, quite inspirational. There's some great ideas here. I began by asking Helen to give us a bit of background. Small Stuff was started by myself um, in 2016. I wanted to create a business that um, focused on kind of organic clothing and things for children that weren't just plastic mass-produced products. Um, so I created small stuff. I was making clothes myself so I could try, trace everything, where everything was coming from. Um, and then it kind of blew up from there, really. It went on and on, and it got bigger and bigger. And to be absolutely honest, it got to the point where I was like, I can't do this on my own. Something's got to give. So um, I had a bit of a kind of rethink in at the end of uh, the year before last um, and thought, well, what can I do to make it like a space that – something tangible, something that someone can come to. So um, I decided to start collaborating with other businesses. So I essentially became an online retail store, but I was using like pop-up shops um, to sell the products, to promote other businesses like um, other makers, organic products, design-led things, sort of testing the market. Um, And then in... February this year, well, at Christmas this year, I just finished the end of um, another pop-up shop that I was doing. And in in January, I was able to get an actual physical space to open my first store. Um, and I think the thing is that this time, everyone was saying, oh, don't do it. Don't do it. The high street's dead. Oh, it's going to be a failure. And there was lots of negativity about opening a retail store. But I thought, well, what can I do that's, I know that my products sell. I know that it's something that people want. I know that it's Every product's got a story. There's all everything to go with it. So what else can I attach to the business to make it viable and to make it work? Um, and that's when I came up with the idea of basically creating a community space within my retail store. So not only do I have the products that I can talk about them and my now member of staff can talk about these products and everything has a story, but also, well, how can I connect with my community and how can I make sure that... I'm not just another shop that people browse in and maybe buy some things and then go online or look somewhere else. What can I do to make it sort of a place that people come to? Um, And that's kind of how the idea sort of started. Um, So now in my retail store, um, I have a space at the back of the store. It's... um, I have hot drinks available, I have juice available, I have a story corner where children can read, I have changing facilities and a toilet, and it's basically a space that 
everybody's encouraged to use. The hot drinks are just served as an honesty box. It's a make-yourself sort of thing. So I have mum groups and dad groups and NCT groups and lots of things use the space on a regular basis. But I also can um, essentially rent that space out for other local businesses to use. So I have pop-up shops within the store um, that work really well. So things like people who are setting up um, uh, house plant sales or things like that. Um, and also I have other businesses that use the space. So I have a continuous every week. I have something called Laura's Story Corner where a lady comes along and she has a group of kind of five or six toddlers and their parents and she reads to them and they bring stories to life. Um, I have sensory massage classes for babies when the stores close. That's early mornings. Um, I've got a hypnobirthing class starting in a couple of weeks. Um, I have adult watercolour classes in the evening. So it's just about kind of connecting the local community and making sure that they know this is a hub that people can feel safe and comfortable and kind of just have a two-minute sit-down, really, um, amongst their busy lives. Uh, With a a commercial hat on. Yeah. That all sounds great and and sounds amazing. and you had me at the uh, the sensory massage, and then you said it was for babies. Otherwise, I was, <laughs> gonna, I was on my way. Um, how do you actually convert that community involvement, that community activity, into actual business? Can can you track that? Can you see that that it's having an impact? Yeah, absolutely. So um, a lot of my I'm quite, um, I'm not specific with the people that I have come into the store, but if it's something that's completely non-related to um, would-be my already target market, it's not going to do either me or the company coming into the store any favours. So I usually um, pick or, or... Companies that actually um, come to me or businesses that come to me to want to use the space usually have, we have a connected kind of target market. So it is usually young families or carers or grandparents. Um, So in turn, we're both kind of doing each other a favor. And that is definitely trackable and it's definitely working because... If someone comes into my store and they use, for example, Laura's Story Corner, well, Laura uses the books that I stock to do her Story Corner. So, therefore, those parents or carers that are there in her Story Corner go, oh, do you know, I'd love this book at home. Okay, oh, I have it in stock. Here you go. And there's that connection and they have that trust of, well, they're already in my shop. They're already chatting to me on a weekly basis because they're usually regular customers or regular customers of Laura, for example. Um, And then... Yeah, they they already know that I'm a space that stocks things that they're already interested in. So it, the conversion's already there without doing too much sort of hard work on both sides because it's already kind of already happening. So when you when you started doing this, yeah, how did I mean? How did you begin? How did you go about beginning to? establish links with the local community and invite all these other people in where 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 did you find them where where how did how did it start so all i um it was just talking to people i just made an effort to go out to so when we um first of all when we started doing the shop up in um throughout 
the end of December and January, um, I made a conscious effort to anybody that was passing, anybody, families that were walking past, even grandparents, anybody walking past the shop and was having a nosy. I said, do you want to come and have a look? Do you want to know what we're about? I made the conscious effort to start talking to people. And I told people what my ideas were, which 99% of people were excited about. Um, I also asked the community as well, well, what do you want to see? Lots of where I am situated, where my shop is, there are lots of takeaways, there are lots of um, uh, charity shops and things like that. But there also is a bit of an independent community starting to kind of rise up in, in this particular area. But there are toddler groups and there are church groups that are very church specified near me. So I thought, well, how can I work with them to sort of expand and make sure that everybody knows that I'm here. So it was just about having a conversation. So I introduced myself to the church groups. I introduced myself to the hardware shop, to the charity shops, and tried to kind of make myself known before I'd even arrived. Um, And then it was just a case of social media, which I, I find Facebook just the most amazing tool because it's essentially pretty free um and it connects local groups together so i started joining local groups local facebook groups local mums groups local dad groups and seeing what actually they wanted and once i had an idea of that then i could start to contact these different businesses and kind of put it out there that okay i have this space who wants to get involved and um, and i think that a lot of the local businesses, I know I did it when I first started and I was doing pop-up shops, is I wanted to be involved with the businesses that were already there because it, there's already that connection and they're a bit more established and they know the area and they can kind of bring people in that you wouldn't even get a chance usually probably to speak to. So it was just a case of communicating what I was doing and kind of asking the question really. And th- This is something that I think... Um, lends itself or independents are far better suited to doing than say oh, obviously yeah. a larger a larger chain store which wouldn't be able to or wouldn't want to um, do that so if you were if you were going to give you know literally uh, somebody listening to this and think that's a cracking idea right? you know maybe I could find that in my area what would be your your two or three real starting tips um I definitely find out. Um, who are essentially um, sort of utilizing your specific target market. So get out there, start chatting to people. What are your interests? What are the things or the services or the products that you want to sell? Connect with other people that are doing a similar thing. Um, I think it's really important to kind of collaborate. The collaboration is key in all of this. I don't think there is no point in kind of clinging on to these ideas and not sharing them because it's just not going to work. I think collaboration is definitely key in getting out there and chatting about it and sharing your ideas and opening up is the way to kind of start something like this. If people wanted to find small stuff, wanted to have a look at what you do and and, then look at some of your products, where where would they find you, website and and social media? How how would they find you? So if you go to www.smallstuff.co.uk, that's my website, um, and I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things, and it's at smallstuff underscore UK. But you can find the store in Sheffield on Crook's Main Road. We all know that the challenges on the high street are abundant, but there are many shining examples of independent retailers that have not only survived but also thrived for many years, some in very traditional sectors, like sewing, for example. 
I wanted to find out how you achieve that longevity and what you need to do to build innovation into your business. Here's my conversation with Neil Coles of Coles Sewing Centre in Nottingham. Sewing is a is a very traditional pastime, and I'm just wondering, as a as a you know, like a shop with a very traditional um, business, how has your retail landscape changed over the past 20 years, both in terms of the, the customers you're attracting and the services that you're offering? Well, I guess we've seen the market chip come into play into the sewing world, uh, where 20 years ago sewers were doing basic sewing construction and alteration. They now have a new world of technology in sewing machinery to allow them to embellish garments and even get instructions direct from the machine on all sorts of sewing projects. For instance, how to insert a zip, how to shorten curtains, etc. YouTube has added to this in that most sewing projects or techniques can be viewed online to a point. The average customer used to be a lady aged 57 with children who had left home, the archetypal empty nester with disposable income. These days, we see sewers of all ages having to go, and upcycling reuse is very popular. We also see a lot of younger sewers who want to learn the engineering art of dressmaking, which has been absent from school curriculums for a number of years. Uh, This has increased demand for garment construction, dressmaking and tailoring courses, as well as soft furnishing courses. Our older customers tend to love quilting more, and any new quilting technique courses are always oversubscribed. We've seen a move away from shopping in store to shopping online for basic products like needles, pins, tape measures, but people still like to pop into store to see fabrics, threads, and try out machines because we have a very tactile business. So how do you go about finding your new customers, promoting your, uh, the shop to um, sewing enthusiasts, uh, particularly those who might be tempted to go into a large department store or shop online for their machines and their accessories? Well, we work very hard at promoting our brand name through our website, social media, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, and through an email service. We do use Google Ads and Analytics to, keep, to help customers find us. We can offer them exceptional knowledge in all things sewing, including very knowledgeable and friendly staff, a vast product range, sewing classes, and, of course, sewing machine repairs. So what you touched on some of that, really, and, and I was interested in the courses that you mentioned as well, because you offer, you offer courses. Um, so what as an independent are you offering or can you offer that, you know, say a large department store, some of the alternatives out there can't? And what, what I guess what I'm getting to is why should sellers come to you as an independent retailer? Well, I suppose we have a very complete approach about sewing. We offer sewing tuition, service and repair to all makes of sewing machines, sewing advice from very knowledgeable staff, and, well, we have a general love and passion for sewing. So it's a one-stop shop, really, brimming with passion for the sewing craft. Uh, As an independent retailer, we can react quicker to fashion and market changes so we can be more on trend with what's happening. We're always able to, to suggest solutions for issues by working closely with the customer. And most importantly, we have built up a sewing community. So as well as sewing, people make new friends for life, coming to classes and getting involved with what we do, such as charity sewing days. And of course, the shop sits at the centre of that. It is, yeah. Absolutely. 
Now, at a time of sort of some disruption in the retail sector, there you are, still surviving, still thriving after 20 years in the business. What's the secret of your success? Um, and what tips or advice would you offer to other new independent retailers who, who want to be in it for the long term? Well, I think remember your staff and your customers first. They're the most important things that you can have in your business. Whatever your products, your systems, your USPs, if you use valuable staff, life will be difficult. Train them well. Retain them. It's not all about money. It's about feeling good at work, feeling valued, and feeling that they are contributing to a happy business and happy customers. Keep those customers. When you first sell them something, make it the start of a journey. Keep in touch with them. And make them want to come back to see you and your staff. Plan events so you see them regularly. Offer classes. For instance, a bike shop could do basic classes in bike maintenance. Use your social media to build a following and make those emails worth opening. Become experts in your chosen field and lead, not follow. As your customer network builds, you will find influencer customers. Make those feel extra special and they will spread the word. The community of customers you build around your business is highly valuable for you and for them. And if people wanted to find you at Cold's Sewing Centre, where would the, give us give us the web address so they can find you online, and also wh wh where would they find you on social media? So the web address is www.colesewingcentre.co.uk. Uh, Twitter's at Coles Sewing Centre, and Facebook is Coles Sewing Centre. <laughs> That's just about it for this latest podcast. Please like us and rate us wherever you get your podcasts from. Our thanks to Capify UK for their support with this podcast. Please do check them out at capify.co.uk. The Independence Day campaign, which culminates each year on July the 4th, exists to help you promote your independent retail business. All you need to do is get involved. It costs you nothing. Visit our website, independencedayuk.org. And find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at UK Indie Day. We'll have a new podcast for you very soon. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye.